This is Lacey Baldivias with the Food Bank of Santa Barbara County. I'm here today with my intern, Megan Lee. Megan, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm actually a community nutrition communications intern at the Food Bank. And I not only intern here because I'm a communications major at UCSB, but also because I've always been interested in nutrition. So Lacey, do you want to tell us some more about your background? Yeah, I mean, I'm really passionate about nutrition. I've been passionate about it really my entire life. Um, I have a doctorate degree in it from UC Davis, go Aggies. And um, I've worked in all different types of nutrition research and um, I've kind of moved that expertise into the area of community where it's really my goal that the work that I do at the food bank is easy to understand. So you don't need to be a nutrition expert to have kind of the skills and knowledge that you need to make good eating decisions every day. That's my goal of what I'm working towards and hopefully what I can tell you a little bit about today. Yeah, so we're actually here today recording my first podcast and we're going to be talking about fiber. So Lacey, do you want to tell us something about exactly how fiber works in your body? Well, fiber is probably i mean it's not my favorite nutrient because i do have a favorite vitamin (laughs) um nutrition nerds but um fiber is probably my favorite aspect of food because it's really arguably the one true superfood Mm -hmm. so superfoods you've probably heard of before yes so what what comes to mind when i say superfood So when you say superfood, I just think of like very, very, very healthy foods. So like a lot of nuts and seeds, um, like chia seeds, flax seeds, I think of avocado maybe. Yeah. I mean, superfood is really just like a term that was made up to promote individual foods. And when I think of superfood, I sometimes think of like the goji berries or acai berry from the Amazons. But I really liked that you mentioned chia seed or avocado, things that are really healthy that are grown here. Mm -hmm. The one thing that most of the, I think everything you mentioned has in common is the fiber. And so I make the case to people that fiber is actually the one true superfood And that's just because it has so many beneficial effects in your body. And really, the majority of Americans don't eat enough fiber in their diet, meaning they don't get the recommended daily amount. So what would you say is the recommended daily amount? Like how many grams per day? So 25 to 30 grams. But like, what does that mean to anybody? Right. Right? Yeah. Like If I say that, you're still like, okay, first of all, I don't know what fiber is. I don't know what food it's in. Yeah. How much is a gram of fiber, right? Yeah. I feel like a big problem is that a lot of people aren't educated on where fiber comes from. And it's not that they like don't want to eat it, but it's just like they don't know how to track if they're getting that 25 to 30 grams per day. So what are some examples of fiber that you could eat? Like what are some meals that you would put it in? Okay. Yeah. This is, this is a perfect opportunity for me to not only tell you what foods have fiber, but also to kind of make the case for it. Yeah. So, um, A few years back, they did this research study globally, so Mm -hmm. internationally, and they looked at uh, these populations that live well into their hundreds, so past 100 years old. They're called centenarians. Okay, yeah. And, you know, looking at a few of them in particular, so there's one in Japan called Okinawa, and oftentimes when we think of Japanese cuisine, Mm -hmm. a lot of times the first thing that comes to mind would be seafood and, you know, fish and seaweed. But actually in this really unique population, uh, one of their staples is the sweet potato. If I remember correctly, it's the purple sweet potato, like a unique variety. Yeah, I've seen those. But they're super high in fiber. 
Okay. And actually 67% of their diet is made up of sweet potato. Okay. So that's already the first example. So when I saw that, I thought, well, how much fiber are these other communities getting that, you know, they're, they're not necessarily Japanese. They're not living in that same conditions. And um, there are five different locations. So mm-hmm. another one would be Sardinia in Italy. Okay. And so um, Okinawa has the highest or the oldest living women on the planet. Yeah. Okay. Sardinia has the oldest living men. So again, this isn't like a, a gender issue. Yeah. Right. There's it's not random. Do it. Yeah. And what's interesting is they have different types of fiber. So you could make the argument that this fiber is universal. Yeah. So the Japanese, I mentioned sweet potato, and in um, in this location in Italy, um, it's about, I want to say it was like 74% of their diet was fiber-based, mm-hmm. uh, but in the Italian cuisine, it was more whole grains, so whole wheats, and um, like I know the sourdough bread is very yeah. common there. Yeah. So um, when you add in the whole grains, which was, I want to say, around 60%, and then fruits and vegetables and legumes, they got all the way up to somewhere around 74% of their diet was made up of fiber. That's actually a really crazy amount, considering like a lot of people here, I feel like, don't even eat their 25 to 30 grams per day. Yeah, that's exactly right. They're actually, I mean, this statistic is from... 10 years ago it, mm-hmm. it's so it's a bit outdated but at that time our u.s survey showed that 95 percent of americans did not eat the recommended yeah. amount so that's a serious deficiency so going off of that what are some foods that americans could eat to get mm. fiber well fiber so fiber is only in plant foods mm-hmm. um this is not to say that i'm against you know eating meat or what you would call an omnivorous diet yeah but um we tend to eat a lot of meat and dairy in our culture so having more vegetables fruits legumes and whole grains is really the way to get the most amount of fiber so avocado the example yeah. that you gave mm-hmm. it's actually really high in fiber yeah i think um i eat avocado a lot actually like they serve it in my dining hall at ucsb and i like sometimes track my foods on like apps i have and i see that most of the times when i eat avocado a lot and like also broccoli i go over my 30 grams oh, per day really? of fiber. yeah so avocado is really high in fiber and that's definitely um accessible here in california and i feel like a lot of people can get their 30 grams per day from avocado which which apps do you use can you share those so i use my fitness pal and like you just search up the foods that you eat so i'll say like i ate like a third a cup of avocado so i'll enter that in and then at the bottom you can see your nutrition and it shows like how much of your fiber gold have you accomplished that day oh nice yeah it's actually really helpful not just for like seeing what you eat but also seeing like how many carbs and how many fi- how much fiber you eat per day have you particularly paid attention to the fiber or are you going to start paying attention to the fiber after this yeah i think <laughs> after this i'm definitely going to pay more attention to fiber um i feel like a lot of people neglect how important it is in your diet because they don't know exactly what it does but now that i've learned i feel like i want to keep up with more fiber in my diet yeah well there's i mean there's so much i could tell you about fiber so like the one of the most like basic things that it does is it fills you up yeah right so it creates this bulk when it's in your stomach Mm -hmm. and one of the benefits of that is when you're filled up you're eating fewer calories yeah right so then that's less weight gain or potentially losing weight if that's someone's goal What's really neat about that aspect is that it actually kind of blunts the blood sugar response after you eat. Okay. Yeah. So I often recommend to people, you know, if if you do really want to have dessert or, you know, there are some people who um, 
some people who would never touch a, a soda or, you know, a sugar sweetened beverage. Um, but there are others who really do enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And so one of the recommendations I give is if you're going to have a soda because you really want it or, yeah. you know, that sort of thing, um, to have it with food, to have it with your meal, because when that fiber creates the bulk in your stomach, it actually slows down how quickly the sugar from that drink will enter yeah. your blood. So it just helps to, like I said, blunt the appearance of sugar in your blood after mm-hmm. you eat. So you have your Pepsi. You can still drink your sugary and like carbonated drinks, but then just um, having it with a meal where you have more healthy carbohydrates and fiber. So it'll balance it out and keep you full for longer. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, helping people to understand that, you know, sugar sweetened beverages are going to add a really high dose of simple sugars into your diet. Yeah. We want to get away from that as much as possible, but we don't have to completely deny ourselves something that we enjoy, like have it, have it less often. Or if you really have to have it every day, then try and have it with food and then step it down from there. So it's more of a process of getting towards a healthier outcome than just, you know, quitting something cold turkey. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times people try to quit cold turkey. Like they're saying like, that's it. Like I'm not eating any more carbs. Like I'm not Mm -hmm. eating any more sugars, but I feel like a good rule that I learned today is like, if you want to have those unhealthy foods, you should have it with like something healthier on the side, say like fiber, for instance, on the side of your meal, because then it balances out a little bit more. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. It slows down how fast the sugar appears in your blood. Yeah. So there's soluble fiber and there's insoluble. Do you want to talk a little bit about insoluble fiber? At the food bank, when we teach kids about this, we teach that fiber is really the texture of the plant. Mm -hmm. And a way to remember it is to remember goo and grit. Okay. So goo is like the cooked oatmeal is gooey, right? Or um, like I always think of a ripe plum, just like so soft and juicy and that, you know, the soft flesh inside um, is soluble fiber. So that's what forms that gel in your stomach. So the goo is soluble. Yes. And then the grit is insoluble. Right. Okay. So the grit would be like the crunch of a carrot or like the backbone of a kale, a piece of kale. You know how it has like a really thick rib in it. Yes. So those would all be insoluble fiber. Both of them are resistant to digestion. So they get all the way down to the lower end of your digestive tract. Okay. They just kind of serve different functions. So would you say that we need equal amounts of soluble and insoluble or should we have more of one type? Great question. And actually this came up the last time I gave this talk. So the answer that I gave that person at at my in-person presentation was um, for this one, I have to just trust nature in that, you know, fruits come with an insoluble fiber skin on them Mm -hmm. like apples yeah or you know oftentimes you hear to eat the outside of the potato because there's all the nutrients in the skin yeah again it's the grit right that's the gritty part yeah the tougher part so actually nature has pretty much packaged fruits vegetables whole grains legumes with both types of fiber so when you eat one you eat the other yeah So when you talk about the goo and grit, would you say that the avocado is goo? That's a good question because, you know, if you actually look at an avocado, it's hard on the outside. So I would think it'd be grit, but no one really eats the outside of the avocado. Right. And then when you look on the inside, there are kind of like strings of fibers inside. Have you ever noticed that? 
I have, yeah. I've always wondered why avocados were like that. So that might be a little bit of insoluble fiber in there. Okay. Along with the fat and okay. fi- the soluble fiber. Yeah, that's really interesting because a lot of times like when I buy my own avocados and like I cut them open at home, sometimes they're like messy. Like they have like the strings of fiber and I'm always like, why do my avocados look like this? Like, <laughs> is this correct? Or like sometimes like I feel like when I was like in high school, I would try to cut it out because I like oh, thought really? I wasn't supposed to eat it. Yeah, I would think that that's... That's the insoluble fiber in there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to look that up. Well, so tell me some other ways that you maybe already eat fiber or that you might, you know, add into your diet. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So I feel like I mostly get my fiber from avocado and also from like eating brown rice um, and eating beans a lot. I make salads a lot. And most of the time my salad will always have avocado. And I always put some type of beans in there. Either it's like kidney beans or black beans. So okay. that's where I get a lot of my fiber for my lunch or my dinner. As for breakfast, a lot of times I make like avocado toast. Is it a whole grain toast that you normally have? Yeah, I think it's whole grain. It's whole grain. Yeah, I'll have to look at that. I normally <laughs> just pick whatever bread like looks good to me. It's another way. I also recommend for people like we don't often think of peanut butter or almond butter yeah. I mean, but those are fiber sources too really yeah so they're great to add in you know like an easy quick breakfast if you have to run out the door i recommend things like apple with like peanut butter and yogurt yeah. and there's other ways that i try and help people remember what the fiber sources is are excuse me so one of them is um roots fruits and legumes mm-hmm. is kind of a good way to remember it because yeah. they all actually have a different kind of fiber which yeah. again it's not important that people know all the different types but if i say root vegetables would something come to mind what would you think that would be so when you say root i think of things that grow from the ground okay. i'm not sure if that's correct like correct. i think of like carrots what about like garlic okay onion yeah leeks yeah have you ever had jicama I have had hickamalee before. Yeah. Or even, you know, roots could be something like sweet potato. Is yeah. It actually grows in the ground. Yeah. So that's another way to think about it if someone is like, you know, familiar with gardening or, or the different that they really mm-hmm. like plants. Um. So you mentioned some tips for people to incorporate fiber into the meal, such as goo and grit and also legumes and um, the roots. So what are some other tips for them? Like, I know that there's a one way of doing like a seed swap or there's the saying of like fill your plate with plants. Can you elaborate a little bit more on those? Oh, that's great. Yeah. So the U.S. recommendation uh, from the USDA is that your plate be about 75 to 80 percent made up of plants. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, if people sit down to a meal, then you can really visualize that plate, that three quarters of it, 80 percent, maybe even 100 percent be from plant sources yeah so that's just an easy kind of yes or no and if your answer is yes then you're going to just by default get enough fiber in your diet okay because you're eating the majority of what you're eating is plants and all the plants have fiber yeah so and i also know there's one that says os is out so can you explain that one a little bit more yeah so this is a message um that is in our curriculum for kids Mm -hmm. at the food banks and some of our after-school programs. And it's just teaching them about the difference between complex carbohydrates and simple carbohydrates. So complex carbohydrates would be more like starches and fibers as opposed to simple sugars like like what would be found in a soda, candy, cake, mm-hmm. you know, white sugar, honey. Yeah. Whereas the complex carbohydrates, they have to go through some digestive processes, 
processes to be able to release that sugar into your blood. So it slows down the rate and really slows down your risk of So it works just like fiber, pretty much. Or like it is fiber. Yeah, they are very tightly connected, yes. So can you explain what a seed swap is? Yeah, so the seed swap is just the idea that, you know, beans are actually seeds of Mm -hmm. the plant. And it's just challenging people to think, If they are used to eating meat maybe at every meal and they want to try and get some more fiber in their diet, uh, one thing they can try and do is change out the meat for seeds of a plant. So that could be the beans. It could be peas. It could be lentils. Mm -hmm. It could be things like you mentioned. You mentioned chia seed, flaxseed. Yeah. Those are all seeds, right? So just finding maybe one meal throughout your day that you could change that out. Yeah. And that way you'd be getting fiber instead of maybe the higher dose of protein and fat that would come from meat. So now going off of that, what are your go-to meals for incorporating fiber into your meal? I think the major winner here is a lentil soup. Okay. That one, even just a cup of soup, it contains, I mean, it's about 15 to 17, 20 grams of fiber, depending on how much you have. And if you don't like lentil soup, you could do chili. I think a good rule to follow is like starting out slow with beans and fruits. So like if you're having trouble incorporating a bunch of fiber into your meal, you should start out slow, like maybe have a bowl of fruit for breakfast, have some avocado on your toast. Yeah. And I think too, starting slow allows you to really build on the positive. So you don't start out saying like, oh, I didn't have beans at every meal today. I have failed. Yeah. Right. You start out by saying, oh, I put a couple slices of avocado on that and that was a win. Right. So I'm going to do it again. So it just helps us to stay positive about, you know, reaching whatever goal we have that's unique to us. You know, if you want to have a dessert because maybe you really enjoy ice cream or a piece of cake or whatever it is. Um, I really do promote having a healthy relationship with food that it should be enjoyable and really not tear yourself down after it. Just keep building on what you're trying to achieve and you'll do great. Yeah. Well, it was really fun talking to you, Megan. Thanks so much for supporting this work and for everything you do. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm really enjoying the podcast and I've learned so much about fiber that I can incorporate into my own meals. 